Thank you for tuning in to this week's message. For information about the church, you can go to our website, connectionschurch.church, or you can follow us on Facebook or Instagram. What a way to start the day, right? I know some of you don't like it, but turn to somebody nearby and say, man, I'm glad to see you here today. Glad to see you too, Hunter. Always glad to see you, brother. Wow. I tell you what, aren't you glad you're free? Free from the laws of sin and death, free from the curse of sin and all that junk and just free to be in Jesus. Aren't you glad you're free today? I believe half of you are. The rest of you, we're praying for you that you'll receive that freedom today and own it, right? Own it. Man, can you believe we're already in the middle of November? Isn't that crazy? It is, right? I mean, we are well on our way to flying through Thanksgiving season. You ever notice we kind of skip Thanksgiving and try to rush to Christmas? Christmas is great, awesome, wonderful, and it's going to be a blast around Connections Church, but sometimes we just skip right over Thanksgiving and, and barely give it recognition. I mean, think about it. They already have the Black Friday sales going on and have had for like three weeks now, right? I mean, it wasn't even Friday. They started bringing it out like on Tuesday. That's not right. It's false advertisement. I mean, we just seem to be in a hurry to get through things, but we don't want to just skip through Thanksgiving here at Connections because the life of Thanksgiving is the most powerful life, I believe, that we could live. I want to ask you this question. Do you have difficulty with bitterness? or selfishness, or self-pity, or negativism, or pride? If so, then I want you to know, as we start this time together, an attitude of gratitude can change those things literally and transform your life from the inside out. If you haven't already, grab your handouts on one side. It's a great place to take notes and start taking notes, right? Write it down so you will not miss this. I've come to discover in my life that there are four levels of living. And we're going to, all of us, fall into one of those four levels. And I want to share with you very quickly what those are as we get started this morning. Now, people in the lowest level are, are these kinds of people. They are the kind of people that constantly complain, always griping, always unsatisfied, unhappy. These folks are always saying something on the negative spectrum of things. Rather than being humbly grateful, someone once put it, they're grumbly hateful. <laughs> Isn't that good? Instead, let me repeat that. Some of you missed it. How many of you are awake right now? Nudge your neighbor, make sure they're good and awake. You don't have to hit them hard. Just tap them a little bit and say, wake up if you're not already. Instead of being humbly grateful, many people are grumbly hateful. You might want to write that down. Now, the second level of living is just a tad bit higher. These are not people who are constantly complaining. They just never give thanks for any, any, anything. You've ever been around somebody like that? I mean, they, they may not grumble. They may not complain, but they're never, never grateful. They're never thankful. They never express gratitude. How many of you have done something for someone and, and the very least you thought you would get in return is a, hey, thank you very much. That was awesome. Appreciate your help, man. How blessed we are to have you. Something along those lines. But instead, they didn't say anything except, bye. <laughs> wow, gee, that's great. Never thankful. Maybe not complain, but they're never grateful. It's kind of that, way I describe it as entitlement mentality. They, they feel entitled to everything. The third level are those who thank God for the very obvious blessings of life. When things are going great and everything is fine, boy, are they thankful. But let the tough times come, and man, 
are they griping and complaining? Where's God at? Why has he done this terrible thing to me? Why has he allowed this in me? Why do I have to go through this? Everything was going great, and then all of a sudden, the bottom fell out. You, you ever been around anybody kind of like that? Where they think God's mad at them? He doesn't like me anymore. Poor me. God's turned his back. He's forgotten. I'm just going to quit throwing the towel, and, and this isn't working. You know, they, they view Christianity, they view life and blessing as just something's going to work or something is not going to work. They don't truly understand what this whole thing is all about. We're going to unpack that in just a moment. But then, church, there's that fourth level. Hold up four fingers for me right now. Some of you remember the old wrestling days of Ric Flair when it was the four horsemen. Woo, baby. We're not talking about that right now. We're talking about the fourth level of living. It's the highest level. And this is very simply all of those who give thanks always for all things. And this, my friend, is the attitude that will change your life. Grateful in every situation, no matter what comes their way, the good, the bad, the in-between, they are always maintaining that attitude of gratitude and thankful to God, whatever the situation may be. Now, here's the thing. Paul writes in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18, these words, which go right along with level four living. He says to us, give thanks in what? How many circumstances? A few? Most of them in the good things? No, he says to us, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. And you're thinking to yourself, Pastor, that sounds good. I mean, very noble to to want to aspire to that kind of living, that, that being able to give thanks in everything, whatever the good, the bad, the in-between. I like the sound of that. It sounds very appealing, and, and I would love to be able to accomplish that, but how do we do that? I mean, how do you do that when the bottom falls out in a health situation? How do you do that when, when your world crumbles in a relationship situation that you, you had given so much to and it just falls apart or you were betrayed or, or whatever happened? How do you do that when you walk into your, your place of employment? You've been there for 25 years and they, they greet you at the door saying, you're no longer employed here. We're closing down shop. And how do you do that in those tough times? Not easy, Right? but there's something powerful about arriving and living there. We want to find out how, because I love that the Bible not only challenges us to aspire to this type of life, to, to totally trust, and that's what it boils down to. You write in the margin of your outline, it comes to a place of just totally trusting God. That no matter when it seems like the rug's pulled out from under you or whatever's happening, that you just say, I don't know, I can't figure it out, I can't explain it to you. But somehow, some way, I know that my God who loves me and is my heavenly father and has promised to meet my every need, he's going to show up and he's going to come through and he's going to work all things out for his glory and my good, right? How does this happen? Well, Paul also wrote to the Colossians in chapter 2, verse 7, these words. And I want you to grab a hold of this. I want you to go back over this this week and just read and reread these words as you, you go through your week coming up. And, and he said, let your roots grow down into him. Who's him? Who's him? Jesus. And what he's saying, he's saying, let our roots grow down deep into Christ Jesus. I, I love that. What, what happens when your roots go deep? You're strong. You're not going to be tossed around by every little thing that comes at you and didn't go your way. You're going to find strength and stability. You're going to be secure. Why? Because your roots are going down deep into Christ Jesus. Then he says, and let your lives be built on him. I love that. Let him be your foundation. 
And then he goes on to tell us what's going to happen when we do that. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth that you were taught and you will, and here it is, you will overflow with thankfulness. So here's the key, right? How do we accomplish being thankful in all things? How, how are we grateful in the good, the bad, the in-between? How is that even, even going to be doable in our lives? Right there. That we solidify ourselves in Christ Jesus. That we pour ourselves into the foundation of his word. And we allow his word to be poured into us. That we let our roots grow. Because see, that's the problem. Too many shallow people out there don't understand how this actually is supposed to operate. So they go on feeling and emotion instead of faith. They don't have that sure foundation of faith that's rooted and grounded in Christ Jesus, the solid rock, the rock of our salvation. And so when the winds of controversy and the winds of trouble and the winds of hard time begin to blow, then what happens is they become uprooted because they had shallow surface roots that have no depth that aren't locked in to Christ Jesus, the foundation. And so when that happens, whoa, boom, they go falling over. How many of you are tired of falling over? How many of you are tired of just living that life of, of, of ungratefulness? People don't live in level four because they aren't rooted and grounded in Christ Jesus, the truth. So today we're gonna start a mini study, a two week study on thankfulness by talking about the heart of thankfulness, what that truly means. And then next week, we're going to carry it on by, by talking about the art of thankfulness and how we can live that out in our lives every day. But because everything starts in the heart. You ever notice that? Everything of life kind of begins here in this, this area, this, this heart situation we talk about. And gratitude is definitely no exception. So I want to ask you this question right now. What kind of heart do you have? Because in our modern day vernacular, we often describe a person's character and strengths and faults with an adjective uh, attached to the word heart. A person may be described as being warm-hearted or cold-hearted or lion-hearted or big-hearted or even heartless, which is very sad. In the last couple of centuries, the poets and songwriters have used a phrase to describe the, the excitement when seeing the object of one's romantic affections. And how many of you still get those little butterflies fluttering inside when you, when you see that person in your life. And, and, and the, the phrase has went like this, be still my what? Beating heart. It means, baby, you stopped me in my tracks. Woo! Come on now. I'm sorry, I won't, I won't get too excited in that way. Something about the heart. It's, it's amazing. It's powerful. In truth, our heartbeat is often noticeable during times of fear great surprise or hard labor. The strong and accelerated beat of the heart is the same in each case, but the cause may be different. Yet in every case, the beating heart represents a response to the events of life. So how would someone describe your heart today? I mean, think about that and, and try not to filter it through your own opinion or your own view of yourself because that, that kind of gets askew at times, right? Sometimes we, we like to grade ourselves on the curve and think of ourselves a little bit better than where we may be. Or maybe you're on the opposite end of the spectrum. You might just put yourself down a little more than anybody else would and be harder on yourself. Maybe this week just go, in some, go to someone you know and trust and you love and you value their opinion and say, what would you describe my heart as? And see what they have to say if you have the, the nerve to do so. Some of you might be sitting there thinking, I don't even want to know. 
Kind of scared the ask question. I'm not sure that I can handle the answer. How would someone describe your heart today? The holiday season reminds us that our heart should not only be big and warm, but it should also be very, very, very thankful. I like to think when our hearts beat with thankfulness, we will also have a heart that is warm and generous and caring and loving. So we're going to talk about, just for a few minutes, how to cultivate a thankful heart. First of all, in your outline there is simply this. A thankful heart knows that all blessings come from God. Did you hear me this morning? All blessings come from the Father. In James chapter 1, verse 17 through, through 18, it says, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. Of his own will, listen to this church, of his own will, he brought us forth by the word of truth that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creation. Thankfulness reminds us that God is the giver of life itself and that all good gifts flow down from his heart and his hand. We were never intended to be fully self-sufficient in this life. A grateful heart reminds us that ultimately God is our provider and that all blessings and gifts are graciously given to us by our heavenly Father. And look at me, church. We certainly don't deserve them, do we? We did nothing to earn them. We don't deserve them. And I'm not saying we're just dirt, we're nothing, we're, we're pitiful. We're, but listen, the Bible says that we were born into sin, that, I, that sinful nature controlled our lives until Christ came to the rescue. So in and of ourselves, we don't deserve any of this. The, the beautiful place you have to live, the, the place you call home, the, the car that you drove here in, the, the, the food that you eat daily. I mean, did you do anything to earn that or deserve that? No, that was a blessing from God poured out of heaven by his great hand upon us and to us. And here's the thing, many of us acknowledge that. We understand that clearly, man. We are thankful every day. I hope and pray that you're like me and you've developed that habit and that pattern in your life and that, that way of living where you wake up and, and the first thing you do is say, thank you, God, for another day. Thank you for your blessings that are coming my way today. Thank you for the challenges I'm gonna face today because I know that they are there to help me grow stronger in you and my faith be increased, God. But everything that this life has to offer me, I know without a shadow of a doubt, you provide into me and for me. And I don't deserve it. But man, I am blown away by that. And here's the thing about it, church. I never want to take it for granted. Never want to just assume that it's going to be there. Assume that I deserve this. And man, I'm living so good. I pastor a church. So man, I should be blessed and all that. No. I don't think that. I don't want to think that. I don't want to believe that. I believe in, in, in my heart of hearts that it's just because God loves me and has promised he would meet my every need according to his riches in glory through Christ Jesus that he does every single day. Folks, we come fully alive. Hear me this morning. We come fully alive when we realize that our heavenly Father is the source of life itself and every blessing that comes our way. Nothing else or no one else but our great God. And Pastor Terry is going to come and share a few more of these on your outline. So welcome him as he makes his way up right now to share with us. Thank you, Rob. Good morning, church. Look, I know it's a little cold, but it's time to wake up. I was, uh, I was on my way 
to church this morning, and I was just worshiping, and I don't know what it was, but I, you know, I had this foot stomping thing as I'm going down the road. I'm trying to race Patricia out on Wilkinson. She didn't. She, I thought she was going to race me, but she didn't. I don't know. But uh, so it, it is an amazing day. So good morning. Thank you for being here. Uh, what an amazing time of year. Also, it's an amazing season, a season of celebrations and Thanksgiving, and that's what we're talking about. We're talking about Thanksgiving. So. To start today, I want to take just a little poll. Uh, who in here has already put up some type of Christmas decorations, whether it be Christmas lights, Christmas trees, inside or outside their home? Just this is my show of hands. Who's already put up decorations? Okay, okay, that's about half of us. About half of us. Yeah, for those of you joining us online, again, thank you for being with us today. And again, just so you know, about half of us raised our hand today saying that we've already put up some type of decorations. Now, I was at my mother-in-law's this past Thursday, and let me tell you, I think she truly missed her calling in life because I think she should have been a personal decorator, some type of interior decorator. I'm serious. My wife is always on the phone like, Mom. Where do I put this pumpkin at? I mean, it's, it's ridiculous. And somehow I get roped into it. I turn the corner of the house and she's handing me a picture frame or a mirror or something and saying, hey, hold it on the wall. No, and I'm, and I'm hearing her back up, you know, on FaceTime with her mom, you know, a little to the left, a little to the right, a little higher. By this time, you know, my, my arms are getting weak and shaky and my shoulders are starting to hurt. So I don't know how I get roped into this decoration thing, but uh, I'm serious. Uh, I've came into my house before and she's moving couches in my living room. I love her. I do. But I truly think she was meant to be some type of interior designer, interior decorator, which is good news for you guys today because she's going to be at the big blue wall immediately after service to answer any holiday decor questions that you may have. I'm just kidding. She's going to kill me, though. I do. I love her. But my point is, I was over there Thursday, and she had not one, but two Christmas trees already put up, already decorated, already set up, lights on and everything, ready to go, right? So to you, easy, to you, Dawn, and to you and everybody else who raised their hands, I have just two words for you today. Stop it, <laughs> all right? <laughs> Stop it. Now, I, I'm not trying to take anything away from Christmas. On the contrary, I believe us Christians should find Christmas more important, right? I think uh, we should emphasize the importance of Christian holidays, such as Christmas and Easter. Uh, and I'll be the first to admit, I believe we have transformed uh, Thanksgiving. See, None of us actually partake in Thanksgiving uh, with the same mindset of our founding fathers to some extent. Uh, we have made Thanksgiving into another uh, consumer hallmark holiday, right? But with the right heart and the right mindset, we can focus on Thanksgiving. And what that will give us is opportunity. Opportunity to slow down life for just a second, to stop and be with family, to enjoy one another, and most importantly, give thanksgiving to God for the people and the things that he has put in our lives. Don't miss your opportunity to give thanks next week because you're too focused on next month, okay? And if I'm being completely honest, I've come to partially dread Thanksgiving, uh, not because of the day itself, of course, but for the day that follows, and Robert's already mentioned, what's, what's the day after Thanksgiving? Black Friday. Everybody hears Black Friday, and they're just running out into the streets, right? I don't know what's going on, but I hear Black Friday, and I'm taking cover. I'm locking the doors, shutting the, the blinds. I'm staying at home when I hear Black Friday, but everybody else runs out. I don't know. Maybe there's strength in numbers. I'm not really sure, but what's worse about Black Friday is that it seems to start earlier and earlier every year. 
the, you have families scarfing down the turkey as fast as they can because the Macy's early bird one time only first comers 95% off Thanksgiving sale happens Thursday night, right? And you've got to be one of the first of 100 shoppers if you want the extra 20% off purchase of 250 and more, not valid other offers, exclusions may apply. Sorry, I'm reading the coupon here. I'm sorry. I apologize for that. But seriously, it has gotten crazy. And I'm not here to preach on your shopping habits or how you decorate or when you decorate your house. Stop it. Um, But if you are, listen, if you are a Black Friday shopper, okay, don't be that guy that I see on YouTube going viral because you're fighting somebody in Walmart over the last last flat screen TV, okay? Don't do it. Don't do it. And don't forget to focus on what we have. Number two on your outline. We have to focus on what we have. Guys, listen to me. This ain't easy for everyone. If I was to take a poll who struggles with appreciating what they have and their ability to focus on what they have, I'm sure we would have some hands go up around the room, mine included. But this isn't something new to us, all right? While Moses was on Mount Sinai, the Israelites decided to focus on a golden calf rather than the manna that was right in front of them and the blessings and the miracles God performed. Rather than focusing on the living son of man who walked with him and called him by name, Judas turned his attention to 30 pieces of silver. God made a garden and planted pleasing trees in appearance and good for food. He made a river flow to it to nourish it, and the land was pure and perfect. But Adam and Eve decided that they would focus on the one thing that they could not have and allowed one little apple to ruin everything. It's the little things that distract us and allow us to lose focus on what God has given us. There are so many people who find themselves struggling financially because they needed the one thing they didn't have, the bigger and better. There are marriages being destroyed within the body of Christ because people are looking for something else or someone else. It's not enough. There's always something better. The grass is greener on the other side. These are all thoughts that pass through our minds at times, but the only way we can truly be thankful for what we have and to focus on God's gifts is to understand that we have more than we deserve. Number three on your outline. We have got to grasp the understanding that we have more than we deserve. It's not just a punchline, it's a way of life, which is a punchline. It is a mindset that I pray we grasp a hold of today. See, something I'm not very good at, if I'm being honest, is hiding my emotions. And I'll be the first to admit, I allow the stresses of life, the struggles, the hardships to be what people sometimes see in me. And I want to be like Ephesians 5.20 that's saying, giving thanks always for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. I want to be thankful always, not just in the good times, but also the bad You see, I love how God works. As I was preparing this message this week, I I took a moment and I went upstairs. I took a shower and uh, Abby was downstairs doing laundry. So I'm upstairs taking a shower. She's downstairs doing laundry. Uh, And when she starts the wash machine, right, the water upstairs goes to about a trickle, okay? And I don't know if you've ever tried to rinse soap off with just like a few drops and you're, you know, you're back there trying to get it. It doesn't work, right? It's not good. It is not 
fun. But, of course, you know, I instantly got a little frustrated, thinking, you know, I wish you would have waited to do laundry while taking a shower. And I was instantly slapped in the face by the thought, wow, at least I have indoor plumbing with running water. And the ability to wash clothes in a washing machine instead of down in a river that's also used for sewage, like our mission team witnessed last month in Honduras. We need to be thankful always, but also in everything. It was discovered just yesterday that that same washing machine was leaking and causing issues that I now have to repair. And I'm sitting here wondering why I decided to ever become a homeowner in the first place, but that's a different story. But thanks be to God for his unexplainable, uncontainable peace that is only found by his grace. Everyone say grace. God's wonderful, amazing grace gives us way more than we deserve. The gospel of Jesus, the wonderful message of salvation, justification, sanctification can all be explained by Grace. It is by grace through faith we are saved. Though I can look at my wife and I can look at my children and I can genuinely be thankful for what God has given me and the blessings he has given me. There's nothing else more tangible in my life that I can say, God, thank you. Thank you for this. But there is nothing else that I am more thankful for in my life than the fact that God sought me and paid for my sins. I'll never forget the time in my life that I fell in love with Jesus. It wasn't that I just knew who God was, that I knew the story and the things he had done. It's that I felt his grace for the first time in my life, and for the first time, I reciprocated that love that he was offering me. It was then that I knew Christ was enough. I'll say it again, Christ is enough enough. It's simple math. Jesus plus anything is zero. Jesus plus nothing equals everything. But just as I had to also wake up to this truth and begin to understand that God has given us more than we deserve through his blood, through his sacrifice, so too do all of we have to come to the same understanding. But it doesn't happen overnight. Number four on your outline, realize a thankful heart is something that is developed. When a healthy baby is brought into the world, they are born with everything they need physically, right? Their lungs already have the ability to breathe and their heart has already become a pro, beating well over 40 million times in the past nine months, okay? But if you were to tell an infant that they need to feel thankful for mom's milk, they probably wouldn't understand. Probably because they don't actually understand what language is yet. More than that, if you were to tell an infant that they need to express their thankfulness to mom, well, they wouldn't understand, but the, the reason would surprise you. It's because they don't understand language yet. Um, so just like language in a child has to be developed, so also does a thankful heart of God's children need developing. But do you understand the language of thankfulness? And more importantly, the language to be used to express your thankfulness. 
And 93% of all communication is nonverbal. So I'm not talking about words here, right? I'm talking about action. When the rubber meets the road, when things are tough, when life is unfair, when everything in the world seems to be falling apart, and when those around you turn against you, and when you're lost without hope, struggling to find your way, what is your language? Is it defeat? Stress? Worry? Doubt? Fear? Anxiety? Or is it love? Joy? Peace? Patience? Kindness? Goodness? Gentleness? Faithfulness? And self-control? Against all odds, you're able to bear the fruits of the Spirit. Now that is someone who is thankful because God has given them far more than they deserve, and they get it. They realize it. That's what it looks like. But how do we get there? Well, the simple answer is it's learned. Did you know even the Apostle Paul had to learn to be content? We're going to use the word content for thankfulness here. In his letter to the Philippians, he writes, I rejoice in the Lord greatly that once again you renewed your care for me. You were, in fact, concerned about me, but lacked the opportunity to show it. I don't say this out of need. Get this, everyone. For I have learned to be content in whatever circumstances I am. I know both how to have little and how to have a lot. In any and all circumstances, I have learned the secret of being content. Whether well-fed or hungry, whether in abundance or in need, I am able to do all things through him who strengthens me. He's saying that it is learned. And before Robert comes back up to close us out today, I want you to take Paul's words here to heart. He's saying a thankful heart, content heart, a content mindset is learned every day by every circumstance that God gives us. Whether you have little or have a lot, you have a choice to make. Your response to your circumstances, your language, is up to you. Whether you are well-fed or hungry, whether in abundance or in need. And the secret, as he put it, is we can do all things through him who strengthens me. And that is something that we can be thankful for this Thanksgiving. Thank you. Appreciate you. And as we move to a, a finish in this part of our time together, I just want to do so by, by giving this little caveat right here. We're, we're not this morning trying to guilt anyone into being a more thankful person. because That's not what it's all about. What our heart is, what our desire, what our prayer is, is that all of us would truly recognize what this life's all about and the blessings that we have. And then we would say, God, if there be any, anything in my life that, that's blocking me from being that thankful person that's keeping me ungrateful lord just just remove it because that, that's what it's all about it's, it's just like you know, pastor terry was talking about with, with paul expressing that i have learned in other words i have developed i have realized i have allowed the lord to come in and change me from the inside out to to being that person that truly sees life as such an incredible blessing from god that i can't help but to be thankful and and, and that is the heart 
of what this is all about. Not, not just that we're turning that page and heading towards Thanksgiving Day quickly. I mean, this is to be our attitude all year long, every day, every evening, every, every moment of our lives to be grateful to God for his wonderful presence in our lives and the blessings that he shares. And then the last thing on your outline is, is, is that Thanksgiving is a superpower. It's a superpower. It enables, how many of you love superheroes and you get into all the Marvel comics and, and movies and, and all the stuff that they have? I don't really care for them, but I know that, man, it's become a billion-dollar industry in our world, not just our nation. And I believe the reason why is because at, at the heart of it, there, there's so many people that desire to be that, that hero, that superhero, to have that kind of influence and power and, and just, just live a life like that, which we know that, that we'll never fly until we fly off to heaven, amen? And man, I'm looking forward to that. I, I want to try that one time. I've been in an airplane a bunch of times, but man, just flying without an a airplane or a helicopter, that's going to be pretty awesome. But there's something in us that desires to have that kind of ability, that kind of power, and, and experience that kind of, 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 of strength, well, I'm here to tell you this morning that Thanksgiving allows us to have more than that. It is a superpower. And here's what I mean by, by that. And in the book of Acts, as we wrap this part of our time up, Acts chapter 16, there's, a, there's an account of when Paul and Silas, his ministry partner, were, were thrown in jail again, and they had been preaching the gospel, and, and man, revival was happening, and, and the Roman Empire was trying to crush that. This was after the crucifixion and resurrection of Jesus and the start of, of the Christian movement, and, and Paul and Silas were out there doing their thing, and this lady comes along, and, and she's, uh, she's able to tell the, the future and she's possessed and everything and Paul and Silas they pray over a man and bam she's delivered and, and the bad thing about it was there were, there were guys that were making money off her ability to do that so they got upset and they brought charges against Paul and Silas and, and they had them arrested and they once again were thrown in jail and the Bible tells us in chapter 16 of, of the book of Acts that while in jail now, another tough time that they're facing they could be all upset like I talked about just a few moments ago. They could get down and have a pity party and say, why, God, we're doing what you called us to do, and yet we get treated like this. We find ourselves in prison again. But instead of doing that, instead of having that grumbling and complaining spirit, man, the Bible tells us that at about midnight, they began to worship God. They began to give thanks. They began to sing songs to Jesus and magnify him and, and, and bless him. And, and then all of a sudden, something crazy happens. Superpower. Remember that. All of a sudden, the Bible says when they were giving thanks and singing out songs to Jesus, that the, the place that they were in, the, the jail cell, the building, began to shake. How many of you are ready to see some things shake in your life? And when that shaking began to take place, man, the, the prison doors were opened up. And when that happened, man, everybody's like freaking out, thinking, what's going on here? But these guys are having church. They're being thankful in the midst of a, a terrible situation. And the Bible says that when the jailer woke up and, and sees what happening, that he gets scared because he's thinking, if all these people escape on my watch, they're going to charge me with that. So he takes out his sword, and he's about to end his life. And Paul sees what's happening. He says, whoa, 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 stop. We're still here. <laughs> it's okay. The Bible says the jailer looks at him and says, what must I do to be saved? And Paul was able to lead him to Christ. And revival took place in the middle of a jail cell because two guys chose 
to be thankful and not grumble and complain. Whatever you may be going through right now in your life, if you just close your eyes for a moment, my strong encouragement to all of us is to worship God, to be thankful, to give thanks with a grateful heart, as the Bible says, to give thanks in all things at all times. As challenging as that is, but I, I hope that we've unlocked the door of, of, of understanding how this is possible by realizing that everything we have that, that's a blessing comes down from God, that, that God is always with us, that he's going to take care of us. He'll see us through it, that when we plant those roots deep down on the solid rock, Christ Jesus, it doesn't matter what comes our way, we are going to be more than conquerors, that God's going to take care of us. But some of you in this room right now and watching at this moment or in the days ahead, you, you find yourself pretty tough situation and I know without a doubt the Holy Spirit has spoken to you very clearly and very loudly to give thanks to God no matter what the situation is we're going to sing an anthem in a few moments this is how we fight our battles and boy is it ever thanksgiving is a superpower if we learn to unleash it in our lives because of truly understanding just who God is and how much he loves us. So I would just ask this right now with your eyes still closed for just another moment. If you're in here, you'd say, you know what, Pastor? God has done something in my heart over the last 45 minutes to an hour. God has, has spoken to me. God is challenging me. God is changing some things in me. I, I'm seeing things different. I'm understanding things more clearly right now in the area of living a heart and a life of thankfulness and gratitude. Would you just raise your hands and acknowledge that right now? Thank you. Thank you. How many others? Just slip your hand up and say, God is doing something profound. Yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. Thank you. Raise, raise those hands up all across this room. Maybe you're in here. You say, you know what? God is speaking in my life to call me to salvation, to him, that, that I need to surrender everything I am completely, fully, holding nothing back, that I surrender all, as the old song of the church says. If that's you in this room this morning, would you just raise your hand and say, Pastor, I'm giving my life to Jesus Christ right now. Would you just remember me in this closing prayer time? Who, who has their hand up in this room right now? Anybody? Yes, thank you. Thank you very much, ma'am. God sees your hand. He sees your heart. He's moving right now. Anybody else that would join? this one who's raised a hand right now anybody else you need to fully surrender to Christ right now that's you raise your hand with with these thank you thank you I want everybody just to stand up right now across this room if you need prayer I want you to come down and just stand with me for a moment I want to pray for you whether you raise your hands or not and as you do that our worship team is going to begin to lead us in this this anthem now would you just begin to worship as they do that and those of you that that want to come and, and pray just know that that we're here for you would you just make your way down right now as we as we begin to worship and declare and pray and celebrate the goodness of our god come on church sing it out with us this morning thank you for tuning in to this week's message for information about the church you can go to our website connectionschurch.church or you can follow us on facebook or instagram